Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. My San Diego Padres are taking on the Dodgers. We've got Braves, Phillies, Mariners, Astros, Cleveland, and New York. All of the playoff action is here, and BetOnline has you covered with all the props, parlays, odds, and promos for this week's action. Head over to BetOnline and use our promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to get a 100% welcome bonus. That's right, 100% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Good evening, good afternoon, or good night, however and whenever it is you may be listening. Thank you for stopping in to another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast. I recognize I just did the intro incorrectly. I was supposed to do the Wired Up intro. This is Wired Up episode 127. Y'all... The San Diego Padres just beat the Los Angeles Dodgers in a series in the playoffs. And the Padres won their first home game in the playoffs since before I was born. They're going to advance to the league championship series for the first time since before I was born. The San Diego sports curse is fading by the wayside. And we're we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff, but the Padres beat the Dodgers. This I'm it's midnight where I am. I am just filled with emotion and all sorts of feelings of joy and nostalgia and pride and connection to the hometown that I grew up in and and joy and genuflecting and, and feeling all sorts of emotions that will be difficult to articulate because I was literally at a loss for words about an hour and a half ago when the Padres came back from down 3-0 against the Dodgers with five runs in the seventh inning won that game, won that series. For someone who was born and raised in San Diego, grew up with the San Diego sports curse, again, I've talked about it before, the Padres did not make the playoffs for my entire memorable childhood. I was five years old when they last made the playoffs. My earliest memory of watching San Diego sports was them losing a game 163 in 2007. They didn't make the playoffs until I was 19 years old during a pandemic season, got swept out by the Dodgers with an injury-riddled team that delivered a most magnificent moment when Tatis bat-flipped on the Cardinals and they came back from down, I think it was like four runs in an elimination game to win a series and 
And that was the coolest moment that we had. And then we got a moment that feels like a championship. And we'll talk about that coming up in a sec. Um, But first, I do want to celebrate the fact that the Holy Dodger Empire has fallen by the wayside. That the the resist that Star Wars narrative that we created back in August came true. The the Holy Dodger Empire looking to expand to the east. Uh, the small resistance ended up taking down the Holy Dodger Empire, and uh, that's pretty freaking incredible. If you want to follow, I'm going to play the clip right now. But if you want to follow the Star Wars narrative that I've been preaching, it was a pretty cool way for that movie to end. Episode 4 The Holy Dodger Empire continues their reign over the West. In previous years, the Holy Dodger Empire dismantled the once great Royal Cardinals, establishing a new power within the galaxy. The Holy Dodger Empire defeated the Royal Cardinals, invaded the Mill of Waukee, and vanquished the 107 Win Giants. In the meantime, the Holy Dodger Empire pillaged both the Purple Rockies and the Backs of Diamond in Arizona. These invasions increased the Empire's wealth tenfold. Their resources are unmatched, their power is unquestioned. With the West and the Central firmly in control, the Holy Dodger Empire sets their sights on a new conquest, the Eastern Empire State. If the Holy Dodger Empire defeats Master Cohen and his Met army of queens, there will be nothing left to stop them from conquering the galaxy. To the south, a small resistance forms in San Diego. While outnumbered and outresourced, the resistance fights for their very existence against the tyranny of the Holy Dodger Empire. It's a changing time in the galaxy. The once great Imperial Nationals of Washington have fallen. Years earlier, the Imperial Nationals once defeated the Holy Dodger Empire at the Battle of Strasbourg. Now, they find themselves bankrupt and selling pieces to the highest bidder. In this collapse, the Holy Dodger Empire captured a great captain known as Mad Max, who helped strengthen the Holy Dodger Empire's hold on the galaxy. However, Mad Max has escaped and defected to Master Cohen and the Met Army of Queens. He will spend whatever years he has left fighting to dismantle the tyranny of the Holy Dodger Empire. And now, the legendary Imperial Captain Juan Soto has joined the Resistance after paying his debt to Kara the Hutt. To San Diego, Captain Juan Soto brings with him the Imperial Nationals' mighty Josh Bell. Joining Captain Soto, is Lord Hader, the supreme closer of the Mill of Waukee, called to fight by the message of the Resistance and the possibility of bringing balance to the Force. The Resistance has paid a heavy price, yet they have never been closer to defeating the Holy Dodger Empire. It's incredible. The story is incredible. The narrative arc is incredible. For someone with a personal connection to the story, it's incredible. And I, and I know there's a lot of San Diego people who are here. Some of them are my homies. Some of them are people from the San Diego Reddit. Some are just people who have 
connected to this podcast because of the San Diego aspect to it that I like to bring when we have moments like this that are like basically our championship. And there's so many aspects to this that I want to dive into. And and we've talked about a lot of it before. I mean, I don't want to do the whole thing about the San Diego sports curse and and talking about how the sports curse is all of the teams will leave you, all of your sports heroes will die young, and you will never, ever actually get a chance to compete. Like, the, the Padres have the worst record over the last 50 years combined of any team in all of baseball. Worse than the Pirates. Worse than the Marlins. The worst winning percentage of any baseball team is the Padres. And now it's San Diego's only team because the Chargers left and it was one of the defining moments of my childhood because I was a super socially isolated sports kid who found happiness in that. And leaving the Charger fandom helped change my perspective and relationship with sports, making me a much healthier human being, more balanced person who doesn't draw emotional connections to sports anymore but does draw emotional connections to this Padres team because of what it means for my connection to my hometown and the old quote by Ice Cube about how if you don't love the place you come from, you'll be miserable. And I just, I, I we've talked about that part before and it's, it's the backdrop of everything that happened with Padres and Dodgers. Because if you're listening to this and you're like, why is this person so obsessed with beating the Dodgers? Why does this matter? Because... For San Diego to even be in the stratosphere to beat the Dodgers is in and of itself absolutely ridiculous. And I know it's sports and you can spend a lot of money to get to that place. This was a five-year concerted effort to get to a place where you could beat the Dodgers and involved making good moves, bad moves, spending a lot of money, taking financial losses reportedly, trying to build something that was interesting and fun for San Diego in a way that the Padres had refused to do for years. And that obviously is the backdrop of all of this, but ultimately what it delivers is an emotional moment now that certainly can't be replicated to anything I've experienced in sports. And so what it leads me to believe, because again, I'm also a person who says... Sports, ultimately, for me, are defined by the emotional connections. Like, winning a championship ultimately gives you hardware. It gives you a piece of metal, as the commissioner of baseball says. You get a piece of metal when you win. And yes, you can hold that up forever, and you can point to the championship, but I'm someone who doesn't think championship culture is necessarily the best way to consume sports, or the right way to consume sports. I think the championship or bust mentality... Um, takes a lot of the fun out of sports because setting the expectations that high means it won't be enjoyable once you reach that moment because no one emotional connection is going to be worth the trials and tribulations, which is why I said the entire time, like I said at the start of the year, just get me to the playoffs with the Padres. I'll watch some of your regular season games if they have stakes. I'll feel the emotional joy when Petco Park is standing and Brandon Drury hits a grand slam in Juan Soto and him and Josh Bell's first game because they traded for all those people and the connection I had because I was sitting with my grandparents and that cool moment. Like having all of that happen, I'll I'll get behind that for the emotional connection. 
I don't care about like building a dynasty. I don't care about like winning multiple championships or how we stack up with the great. That's not important. It's the emotional connections that matter in sports because in the grand scheme of things, sports don't matter. And the reason sports are cool is because they matter a lot to a lot of people. It's this communal aspect that builds this culture that we want to make out of it, whatever sports culture will become. And so for me, I've decided for my own personal enjoyment, setting the expectations incredibly low delivers on an incredible moment where I just had no, I mean, I, I wouldn't allow myself to believe that that was something that would happen where the Padres would beat the Dodgers. And the emotions I feel from that make me realize that's what winning a championship feels like. Cause like I've, I've, I love Patrick Mahomes when he won a championship, it didn't feel like this. This is what investing years and years of effort into it. And we talked about this last week with Ryan Cohen. We talked about it when we beat the Mets. I've talked about it over the summer when they traded for Juan Soto. I talk about it usually two or three times a year. Like that emotional connection to a city and a team that sucks. That sucks. From a sports standpoint but it's the place that I rally around and being a loser in sports is something that I find a connection to. Like all of that is just, it's magnificent. And that's why this moment is a championship moment. And I'm in favor of like putting up banners for a championship like that. Like the Padre, like the, when the Timberwolves threw the Jersey and celebrated the play in, or when, you know, Sacramento where I live now will like threaten to commit arson if they make the play in game. Like, that those loser mentalities are something I identify with because that's what San Diego and the Padres specifically are is a loser mentality we are not even in the we're a minor league team that happens to play in the majors and now we spend a bunch of money and five years of concerted effort builds a team that's good enough to, to beat the Dodgers with that regional television contract, luxury taxes all across the board, and one of the best-run organizations that has ever existed in North American professional sports. To topple that, to even be in the same stratosphere and to topple that one time is something that I wouldn't even allow myself to believe. Just getting the opportunity was something that took... 10 years of concerted effort from the Padre. I mean, really closer to five to six years, but you could argue 10 years of concerted effort to even get to a place where you could have a foundation good enough to compete with them in the rat in the random bullshit that is major league baseball's playoffs. And for that to happen is an emotional connection that feels like winning a championship. It feels like winning a championship and I would, I mean, I'm always in favor of hanging banners for whatever it is. Like, this is the greatest moment of my lifetime when it comes to San Diego sports. And this is San, the closest thing San Diego has to a championship. Like, in, in 1998, before I was born, the Padres made the World Series. They got swept out of the World Series. And ultimately, they carried that to building a new stadium in San Diego. And that's the stadium that 25 years later hosts a team that then beats the Dodgers for the first time ever, ever. These, this is a loser, a perennial loser doing the theoretically impossible. And now, like, look, they play the Phillies. They could totally beat the Phillies. They could totally go to the World Series. And that will be a bonus emotional connection because it's. we won't allow ourselves to believe there's a step further than that. 
The fact that we even beat the Dodgers is ridiculous. Ridiculous. And that's the closest thing to a championship we're ever going to find. And I, I'm, a lot of my feeling about this is informed by Golden State and what they talked about with Kevin Durant being unhappy after winning championships and it not feeling as great after 2018. Like, all of this is just emotional connections. Sure, you get a, a trophy or you get a banner or you get something to carry with you, but memories and emotions are the things that I think sports are good for because otherwise, like, sports don't matter in the grand scheme of things. And it, I don't ever really plan to live in San Diego again. I don't really have a strong emotional connection there other than my family, my friends, who from a, a stage in my life that doesn't serve me anymore, and that baseball team. That baseball team is a connection to a hometown and that regional pride that... I'm sure a lot of people experience from where they come from because it's a community of people that all feel that same sort of emotional connection towards you. And ultimately, that's one of the cool things about sports because sports bring out regional pride. Sports bring out national pride, sometimes in unhealthy ways and sometimes in ways that are emotionally joyous and, and bring out the same emotions I described at the start of this podcast when the Padres beat the Dodgers. Like That's ultimately what this is about and obviously I'm going in different tangents here because there's so many emotions that are even flooding through my mind as we speak because winning in that fashion and having that joy and those emotional connections is something that I couldn't I mean I could personally relate to because I've had joy I've had wonderful moments through sports and life at large Having it happen like that where I'm genuinely at a loss for words. And for an hour and a half, I'm, I can't put pen to paper. I'm texting and calling people who I care about. Like All of that made me stop for a minute and pause. Because I've had moments like that in my personal life. I've had moments like that with wonderful relationships and, and causes that I find worthy and just and, and major life accomplishments those same emotions connecting to sports and that symbol of regional pride is something that doesn't exist because I've never felt that way about San Diego because I've never felt that way about the way that I came from from the place that I came from and from the hometown and the 619 and and the connection like the the inferiority complex that San Diego has to Los Angeles and the person that I was as a child, which I've talked about before, is incredibly socially isolated, naive. Um, sports, being sports person was something that I guess I drew my identity from because it's the one thing people looked at me and said, hey, this is something that you do well. This is something you're good at. And so I drew my identity from that. And when you're socially isolated and when you're going through trauma and depression, those are things that help give you purpose and help give you value. And I think I I hold on to that in my love for sports, but my relationship with sports has had to evolve from when I was a child because that person isn't the person that I am now. And part of that is help from the Chargers moving and realizing that sports are, don't matter that much, that one day you can be a Charger fan, the next day you don't have to be. And sure, it's going to be difficult, but ultimately there's a greener pasture on the other end if you're willing to commit to the change, which is just a, an excellent life lesson to carry with you is sticking through and through with that and realizing that you can make a change in, in your life that 
will make you a healthier, happier human being like me not being a Chargers. And I know I say that and it sounds funny, but like getting off that Chargers narcotic and spending the time to genuinely reform myself and change my behavior and doing things that bring way more value in the world of sports, like a thousand hours of podcasts and pursuing a career based on a dream and based on that identity of who I was as a child and who I still draw some of my identity from. Having that happen and connecting that to San Diego uh, is something that's emotional and deep and complex for myself. And so when the Padres, which is that team that I still hang on to because it's the only team I rooted for as a child, being a fan of losers, being someone who embraces the fact that I love being a loser. And, you know, obviously the the instinctive reaction is to throw it back in your face about being minor league or being a loser or, oh, you look how hard you celebrate beating the Dodgers. We don't fucking care, man. We don't care. It's, this is, we are losers and y'all lost to some losers. What does that make you? When you lose to the losers, like being a community of losers is something that I draw identity from because when the losers have that moment, this feels like a championship. And we talked about this with Ryan Cohen last week. Like we talk about all the time. It's all worth it. All the losses, all the difficulty. It's worth it when you get that moment of pure unbridled joy. And I agree. That's what pursuing a cause greater than yourself is and that's what the community of San Diego for myself and for Ryan Cohen and for my friends and my family and my brother and my just people who I love and care for that cause greater than ourselves can sometimes be the place that we come from and those emotional ties that we plant when we have roots in a place that we grew up were raised and in many cases for people I know place where you want to stay and always have roots in and and for me a part of me stays there with like I said earlier my family friends from a life that doesn't serve me anymore and that baseball team that's my connection to San Diego it's family childhood memories and the person I used to be and that baseball team in San Diego that's my connection to my hometown and that's what brings me joy and prevents me from being miserable and looking back on my childhood and saying damn I didn't really enjoy childhood damn I went through a lot of trauma that sucks when you push through that or or also looking at regret and time in the past that doesn't serve you anymore and letting go of that person but there's certain aspects that were good that you want to hold on to and we talked about this with Ryan Cohen again it's not like rooting for the Padres was torment we had a lot of fun doing it. We loved rooting for Kevin Kuzminoff teams and Nick Hundley and Alexi Amarista and Kristen Orfia and Will Venable and Jason Marquis and Ryan Ludwig and Yorvit Torrealba. Like, those teams were fantastic. We loved it. We were never, ever in the playoff conversation, but we loved it. The process was way more fun than the results. And so when the results happen and we can enjoy the process and we can have a team that actually beats the, I can't believe I'm saying it, actually beats the Dodgers and knocks them out of the playoffs. This dynastic team with infinite resources, a much better front office, ability to just pluck Max Scherzer and pluck Mookie Betts. And yes, the Padres do some of this too. That's okay. 
That's changing identity. That's becoming something different. And perhaps in the future, they will build a sustainable model that is able to continue to compete while spending large amounts of money that also continues to make revenue in the positives. Maybe that's the Padres' future. That's not what the Padres' past is, and it's certainly not what the identity of the baseball team is right now. It might not serve them in the future. It might change in the future. We might have a stable team that competes at the highest levels of baseball the way that the Braves and the Astros turned it around from being losers into being winners. Maybe that's what the future holds. That's not where we are right now, and that's not what this victory represents. That's not what this victory represents for, the, for San Diego. This represents perennial losers who haven't won a championship since 1961. A team who's, again, the greatest stars in the history of your team die young. Junior Seau becomes the face of concussions and CTE in the NFL when he commits suicide in his early 40s. Tony Gwynn, the greatest athlete in the history of San Diego sports, dies in 2013 in his 50s. He should have been there to be able to watch this. And obviously there's that connection too. There's the 1994 team who I believe 17 to 20% of the 1994 San Diego Chargers, which is the only team to win a conference championship in the history of San Diego sports. Or I'm sorry, in the history of the Chargers. That team has had a bunch of deaths young and they're... The best player on the team is obviously Junior Seau. And so this is the connection to San Diego, which is you have this dark, you have this sports curse, and this team is breaking that old narrative. It's breaking the old identity. It's a moment that we can remember that me, my dad's age, and people my dad's age, and my grandparents' age can have a connection to together. And again, it, it might not mean the same thing 10 years from now. The next victory might not mean the same thing. Winning an NLCS might not mean the same thing, but that's what the identity is right now. And this is breaking away from the past the same way that I broke away from the past. And that's why this moment feels like a championship. This feels like curse gone. The curse is gone. You can, you have your moment. You have your moment. You might go to the the World Series, you might not. You have your moment where the losers actually won. The losers beat the Dodgers. And and they did it by being 22 games worse than the Dodgers in the regular season. That's the losers being losers. And winning. And that's what this one means. That's why this feels like a championship. Because we are losers. I talked about this with Tennessee and Bama on the Wired Up show we did earlier in the day. Like, or I guess yesterday, because it's now past midnight. Like, Tennessee won a championship in 1998. And I'm guessing that that victory against Bama probably emotionally felt better. And if you're like me and you believe in emotions and emotional connections are far more important than the actual results and the analytics and the building of dynasties. Like for fans, the emotional connections are the things that are more important because it's not like being a fan requires you to refine a craft. You are giving money to a corporation in the most cynical sense. You're giving money to a corporation that ultimately in turn will turn a profit and traffics in your emotions. 
they make money trafficking in your emotions. So ultimately, being a fan is not the same thing as being a coach and building a, a environment where leadership is not only demanded, but also something that can help foster the, the growth of, of people in a profession. And you're not like a player who has committed their lives to this craft and refining this very specific skill at the highest levels of athletic competition. That's not what being a fan is all about. Being a fan is about the emotional connections that you get into it. And the more time and the more energy you put in, you will get the emotional connection on the back end. And we talked about this with Ryan. You get that emotional connection from just living in San Diego. You get that emotional connection from choosing to love the place that you came from. And for me, I choose to love San Diego because of the connection to my family, the person I used to be in childhood memories that are pleasant, and that baseball team. And that baseball team just delivered a memory that I will carry with me for years and years and years because they beat the Dodgers and it represents an identity of a team that might change as time goes along. But for now, it's a pretty amazing feeling because of what that sports curse represented, because of the fact that San Diego didn't make the playoffs my entire childhood, and the fact that the first time they got there, they lost to Los Angeles, took them two years to get back, had to beat the Mets in a ridiculous wildcard series, and then with no expectations in my mind, me being a totally different person than I was five years ago when this whole thing first started, when they first traded all the pieces, tore the team to the ground, signed Eric Hosmer, signed Manny Machado, made the little moves in between some good, some bad to build a team that could beat the Dodgers and a stability of a franchise that could win three games in October, just win three games in October against Los Angeles that won 111 games and a team that said at the start of the year with Dave Roberts, we are winning the World Series in 2022. To do that is the greatest moment in the history of a loser team and a loser team that I love so, so much because of what it means and that connection to my hometown. And that ladies and gentlemen, is our conclusion to the San Diego Padres winning a championship against the Dodgers. And again, it might sound stupid. We should put up a banner 100%. Does this feel like a championship? Absolutely does. Sounds like a loser. You're damn right. We are losers. We're losers. We, we literally are the, the worst. We are the biggest losers. It's our only team. And we lose every time. We're not. We're a minor league team, and y'all lost to the losers. Dodgers fans, y'all lost to the losers. Feels pretty damn special to topple the Holy Dodger Empire. Episode four. The Holy Dodger Empire continues their reign over the West. In previous years, the Holy Dodger Empire dismantled the once great Royal Cardinals, establishing a new power within the galaxy. The Holy Dodger Empire defeated the Royal Cardinals, invaded the Mill of Waukee, and vanquished the 107-win Giants. In the meantime, the Holy Dodger Empire pillaged both the Purple Rockies 
and the Backs of Diamond in Arizona. These invasions increase the Empire's wealth tenfold. Their resources are unmatched, their power is unquestioned. With the West and the Central firmly in control, the Holy Dodger Empire sets their sights on a new conquest, the Eastern Empire State. If the Holy Dodger Empire defeats Master Cohen and his Met army of queens, there will be nothing left to stop them from conquering the galaxy. To the south, a small resistance forms in San Diego. While outnumbered and outresourced, the resistance fights for their very existence against the tyranny of the Holy Dodger Empire. It's a changing time in the galaxy. The once great Imperial Nationals of Washington have fallen. Years earlier, the Imperial Nationals once defeated the Holy Dodger Empire at the Battle of Strasbourg. Now, they find themselves bankrupt and selling pieces to the highest bidder. In this collapse, the Holy Dodger Empire captured a great captain known as Mad Max, who helped strengthen the Holy Dodger Empire's hold on the galaxy. However, Mad Max has escaped and defected to Master Cohen and the Met Army of Queens. He will spend whatever years he has left fighting to dismantle the tyranny of the Holy Dodger Empire. And now, the legendary Imperial Captain Juan Soto has joined the Resistance after paying his debt to Kara the Hutt. To San Diego, Captain Juan Soto brings with him the Imperial Nationals' mighty Josh Bell. Joining Captain Soto is Lord Hader, the supreme closer of the Mill of Waukee, called to fight by the message of the Resistance and the possibility of bringing balance to the Force. The Resistance has paid a heavy price yet they have never been closer to defeating the Holy Dodger Empire.